Um, there's a word from the Lord this morning that I want to share with you. Um, but just right before I get into the text, I just want to say it's good to see everybody. It's good to see you all. Amen. So glad to be here with you. I, I want to speak um, with you today on Ecclesiastes chapter 11. But before I do this, um, I just want to give you a little context. And we're skipping chapter 10, but I'm not really skipping it. Because chapter 10 is basically giving the idea of foolishness isn't worth living. So in chapter 10, you see how um, it talks about for you to be aware of foolish rulers, foolish workers, and foolish talkers. So it really gives the idea of that... um, even a little folly is dangerous. So that closes, if you will, the preacher's sermon. Now, starting on chapter 11 and chapter 12, which I believe um, Brother Dave will preach in first Sunday of February, will be the conclusion of the book of Ecclesiastes. So beginning chapter 11 is the application as we've been talking um, about this book of Ecclesiastes. So one more sermon, we'll be out of this. You guys will be happy again. Amen. Woo! Yeah, see? Carter, tell the truth from the devil. So if you have your Bible with you now, would you please stand and join me in Ecclesiastes chapter 11? Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Chapter 11, it only has 10 verses. It's not projected by design so that you can open your Bible, your app, or something so you can read along with me. I'm going to be reading from the NIV version. So we're going to be reading it together while you're reading through your phone or on your Bible. Somebody say amen. Amen. 2023, we're going to do exercising and reading together. Amen. Um, Let's read it together. Ship your grain across the sea. After many days, you may receive a return. Invest in seven ventures, yes, and eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. If clouds are full of water, they pour rain on earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, and the place where it falls, there it will lie. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the cloud will not reap. And as you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in the mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things, sow your seed in the morning. And at the evening, let let your hands not be idle, for you do not know which will which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. Light is sweet, and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. However, many years anyone may live, let them enjoy them all. But let them remember the days of darkness, for there will be many, everything to come is meaningless. You who are young, be happy while you are young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see, but know for all these things God will bring you into judgment. 
So then, banish anxiety from your heart and cast all your troubles out of your bodies for youth and vigor are meaningless. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to be here together. Father, as we come to the pinnacle of this worship experience, we know that there's no preaching without praying. Lord, even though I have prepared, but I need your help. Even though I study, but I need your strength. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Mold me, shape me, so that the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart, will be acceptable into your sight. Oh, Lord, my God, my Savior, my Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach this afternoon from this simple subject, keys to a productive and enjoyable life. Keys to a productive and enjoyable life. Um, I think by now I've seen enough TikTok, enough content creator to know what chasing the bag means. Um, I'm not the most social media savvy or influenced, but there's enough influencers. Even within now the Haitian American community where people are telling you how to chase the bag or how not to chase the bag. In other words, there are people, all they do is work, work to make money. And there are people who said, well, you got to find a balance. Well, I don't know. I'm not a content creator. I'm not an influencer. I'm a theologian. I know what the Bible says. The Bible tells us we need to live a balanced life. Um, We need balance in our lives. Um, We have college students here. We have professionals. We have people who are in the advanced stages of their lives. There are people among us who have seen more years They have more years behind them than they have ahead of them. And there are those of you who are probably going to live to be another 60 or 80 years old, you know, from now and live a long life if Jesus has not returned. But I want to tell you something. If you do not find a way to live a balanced life, I guarantee you what Solomon said in the whole text, what, what the purpose of the whole text is, you're going to realize that life is meaningless. Um, can I tell you how, in a certain way, you need some kind of balance in your life? Um, I, I look at my kids. Um, yesterday, my daughter asked me to print out pictures because something for her Sunday school class, you know, from the time that she was born till now. And I realized that life is flying by. And if I don't stop, to find a way to enjoy the few days that God has given me with her, then before I blink my eyes, she'll be gone. In other words, we live a life where we are so one-track-minded that sometimes we don't do the proverbial stop and smell the roses. 
Um, the other thing you hear now, and I'm no, I'm not, I'm no influencer. I'm no social media savvy, but people say, give me my flowers now. That's the new, new thing. Either people are chasing the bag or they want their flowers now. Um, I, I'm not necessarily anti-giving my flowers now. As a matter of fact, when I die, don't bring flowers up in here. It ain't for me. I can smell it. Give it to me while I'm alive. You know, I don't need no flowers when I die. Flowers already dead. If you cut it off from the tree, it's already dead. I don't need dead things. But, but see, we need balance in our lives. Um, some people have the tendency to make their concentration only on what they can see now. If you want to be successful, you turn off everything and you key in on the thing you want to be successful at. Um, let me speak to the college students up in here. Some of you, it's like, oh my gosh, I got so much homework on Sunday morning, I cannot even be in church. You, you know, I'm not picking on nobody. You, you know, but, but the reality of it is this. If you can't find a balance to where that you have some time for God before you get that degree, what makes you think once you get a degree, you're going to have time for God? We need balance. We need balance. Um, but, but, but see, also, we make it look as if if you are searching or if you are working on something, you cannot find time to enjoy life as it is. Well, Solomon, in the first part of the concluding application of the book of Ecclesiastes, where all he kept saying, life is meaningless. And now Solomon came up here and gave us two big things in chapter 11. And, and, and the prophet David, Eli, prophet king, will close with chapter 12. Um, here he gave us keys to a productive and enjoyable life. Watch here, it's not just a productive life, but it's both a productive and enjoyable. Let the church say productive and enjoyable. That is God's will for you. God designed for you to be productive and enjoy. In other words, um, can, can I talk to my Haitian real quick? When you're cooking, you got to test the food every now and then. Uh, see, that's, that's going to wake you up. So, so somebody who's cooking, my, my, I, don't like, I don't like to pick on my kids, but, but uh, best illustration, my daughter loves to be the test tester. Test tester. Tester, tester, yeah. Test tester. I'm not American. Help me here. She loves to be the test tester. In other words, when the thing smells real good on the stove, and she's like, Daddy, can I be the taste tester? In other words, as we are cooking, she is enjoying the food while we're preparing it. God has given you everything necessary in life. 
and what God wants you to do as you are working hard to get that degree, as you are working hard to get that house, as you are working hard to finish uh, this business plan. No matter what it is, God wants you to enjoy life as you are working hard towards something. It's not either or, but it's an end. God wants you to work hard, and he also wants you to enjoy something. So Solomon is telling us that we need to enjoy life. In other words, if we work hard, we must create a balance to enjoy everything. Now, I'm not saying, well, 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 let, let me put a disclaimer here, parenthesis. Um, I'm on my soapbox uh, this morning. Um, enjoying life is not foolishness. I told you chapter 10 was in part of it, right? Um, enjoying life isn't foolishness. Some people tend to work really hard, but they are foolish. Solomon is saying to us, and God is telling us, that we are to work hard and enjoy life. Okay, you said, Pastor Perry, prove it. Oh, I'm glad you asked. Um, I got two points, but they got some subpoints under them, all right? So, number one, when you see in the first six verses, it gives us five keys to a productive life. And for you to really have a productive life, you must, watch this, you must exercise, you must have exercising opportunistic faith. In other words, you, mu you must put your faith in action. You must put your faith in action. Watch, in verse 1, in verse 1, it gives us the first way. It says to aggressively invest your resources for the widest possible blessing. I didn't make that up. Next slide. Keep, keep, keep up. Next slide. Next slide. A. Letter A. Um, it says this. It's in verse 1. Aggressively invest your resources for the widest possible blessing. It's, it's right there. Your, your Bible's open? Ship your grain across the sea. After many days, you may receive a return. Um, what that means is simply this. And, 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 and and some people may even say, oh, um, in a sense, when you put, if you take a piece of bread and you put it in water, what happens? Huh? It becomes soggy and bigger and scattered. And the same idea here, when you put your grain across the, the, in the ship, right? So you are, there's a, a, a commerce mindset there. You are now investing. So you work, you get the grain, and then you put it in a ship. So the boat goes wherever it's going to go, but you got to wait back then versus now. You got to wait for, for it to be sold, and then when it comes back, that's when you get paid. But, but see, you don't know how much you're going to get. It's only going to be based on the needs of wherever the ship is going to sail. And the ship going to stop at multiple ports. So 
we need to aggressively invest our resources for the widest possible blessings. In other words, we, are, we ought to expect a generous, generous sacrificial uh, dividends on our investment. The law uh, of nature is simply this. If you invest wisely, you're going to get a good return on your investment. Um, I'm no stock, stock, I'm no business guru or anything like that. I'm not no, no stock broker and that, that stuff. I'm just a pastor. But there are certain things they tell you when you invest in them, they are steady because you're going to get a return. Now, we're going to see later on in risk, but the idea is simply this. We need to cast our bread over the waters. Um, God has blessed you with an ability that's uniquely you. Don't box yourself and not invest it. Did you guys hear what I said? Don't have the Haitian mindset and box yourself in and settle for less than it's supposed to be. In other words, because here is the reason why, and I'll give you the application of this part right here. When you invest aggressively for the widest possible blessings, the blessing that comes back is not just for you. It's for your community. Don't, don't just think of it in just money. It's in every sense. You go to school, invest aggressively in your school for the widest possible blessing. Because if you become all that you can be, then it's not just for you. It's for everyone. That's why you got to appreciate and celebrate those around us who are making progress. Not making progress to just boast their brand, but making progress toward that their blessings become the community blessings. You're with the pastor, right? Um, so I'll move on. I'll move on. I'm just skipping notes. Number two, number two, which is in verse two, wisely allocate your resources across different ventures. In other words, don't put all your eggs in one basket. See what verse is in verse two? Invest in how many ventures? Seven. It says, yes, even eight. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, God can make you multifaceted person. You, you know, you can be you. You may be able to sing very well, but you can be, you, you know, you can be a good chef in the kitchen. And no one with you being a chef and a singer. You 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 can be. You can be, you can have many talents. And those many talents allow you to have a diversified portfolio. And, and, and if, if I may, if I may, 
step on your toes here real quick. You ought to have different friends, though we share the same faith, but we do not have the same interest. If all you have is a copycat of you, then you are never going to grow. So invest. Be friends someone who's different than you. The, the, the silver lining, they share the same faith. Um, we have creative people in our midst. I ain't creative. I'm just a preacher. So I befriend the creative people in our midst. We have educators in our midst. You get with them. So in other words, when there is something pertain pertaining certain things, you may not know it, but because you invest and people who are different than you, then you are able to now draw on the resources. Because you don't know when the disaster is going to come. You don't know. I remember, I remember this uh, um, when the pandemic first happened. Well, you're talking about schools and stuff like that. Well, I know somebody was a principal in my circle. So I called the principal in my circle. I said, so how's school going to go? You know, how's this... The principal said to me, well, I don't know, but this is what we've been told. This is what we're trying to do, da 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 Because I wanted to have an idea of how education was going to look in the pandemic. Do, do you see what I'm trying to say here? When you invest, it's not just invest out of your pocket, but when you invest your life in different people and different layers of life. And, and for those of you who are young, you can't have all your, uh, uh, um, you can't have your, the people you take advice from, they ought to be your same age as you. Invest, diversify your portfolio. You have to have some kind of adult in your life, other than your mama and your daddy, that where you can go to and say, what do you think about this? Because you, you know how our friends go? You know, our friends, can I tell you how they go? Do, do you, boo? Do, girl, you... You got this. Go, go, go on about your business. But, but see, somebody who lived a few days, somebody who have been through something, they can tell you, you know what? Slow your roll. So you got to invest in different ventures. Um, not only, not only you got to invest uh, um, in different ventures, but see, it says this, take reasonable risk, not waiting for ideal circumstances. That's verse 3 and 4. It's, your Bible is still open. Um, it says this, whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the cloud will not rip. As, as oh no, 3, 3 and 4, I'm sorry. If Cloud, if clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. Whether the tree, whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, if in the place where it falls, there it would lie. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the cloud will not rip. Um, take reasonable risk, 
not waiting for ideal circumstance. Um, some people they are they have to have every I dotted, every T's crossed before they go. I mean, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. You guys do know faith in itself is a risk. Um, I believe Dr. Tony Evans says, talks about faith as a staircase. It's an empty staircase. Uh, um, the only time that you're going to see the stair is when you put your feet. The stairs are invisible, but when you put your, fifth, your, your feet, it activates. Um, I shared this many times. I went to preach somewhere in Tampa, and, and, and they, they said, that the, the pastor says, I said, I need a room, and, and, and I'm in the room. I go in the room. He says, well, uh, Pastor Tima, um, let me tell you something. This was like maybe 10 years ago when um, Sensor Light at first came out. Uh, um, he said, Pastor Tima, I, I must tell you, this room you, you are in, it has sensor lights. And, and, and it, says, it says this, if you go motionless for a few minutes, the light will go off. Now, now I'm praying, my eyes are closed, and, and I'm praying, and I'm not moving. I'm praying my heart, my eyes are closed, I'm on my knees. And, and then so I can feel, like right now my eyes are closed, but I can feel the light in my eyes. Just as much my eyes were closed, and I can feel the darkness. And I remember what the pastor said. He said, don't be scared if the light goes off because you're motionless. He says, once you move again, the light will come back on. Well, the light did go off, and I can sense the darkness and at that moment, it's as if like God says, you better wave your hand and praise the Lord. I wave my hands and the light came back on. Now, can, can I tell you something? Some of you, it seems as if like life shuts the light off of your eyes. And instead of you getting and move, you are standing there almost um, in fear and immovable. But what I'm telling you is simply this. You got to take some reasonable risk. It was risk for me to go in the room trusting that the light were censored light. But since I'm in there, I might as well move. Can I tell you something? God has given you a life. You might as well live it. Take a risk. Go to school. Go back to school. Finish school. Apply for a job that you may not even qualify for. Stop being lazy. Get up and do something. You know, you know something? You sing going all. You know what? Beautify yourself and come to church. You never know what guests might pop up. And they may see you. All I'm saying is take reasonable risk, not waiting for ideal circumstance. If you are waiting for things to be perfect, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Um, I remember watching a, a, a TV commercial. If the tree falls in the forest, does it make noise? You guys remember that? The only way you know it makes noise is if you're there. 
If you're not there, you can tell. Be there. Be there in this walk of life. You have to take the risk. Um, let, let, me, let me move on. Um, the fourth thing uh, um, here, verse 5. Verse 5. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Um, this is how a, a, a theologian put it, and, I, I, and I, I, I took it from him. Don't try to unscrew the unscrewable. When you try to unscrew the unscrewable, typically it leads you to nowhere but frustration. There are certain things that's above your pay grade. You're not God. You can fix it. You can fix him or her or them. It is God's job. You do not have to have everything figured out. But you know what you got to do? You got to trust God. Let, 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 me, let, me say, let me say this again. You don't have to have everything figured out. But you got to trust God. What, what, what is that? I don't know what tomorrow brings. But I know who holds tomorrow. Okay. Um, it is my heart's desire that my kids succeed in life beyond my wildest dream. But do I know what tomorrow brings? No. But I trust God that what God said will come to pass. Let God be God and you be you. Don't try to be God. Let God be God and you be you. To many of us, we are more concerned about God's position Versus our position. God is the coach. You're the player. The coach puts the player in a position to succeed. Not the player put the coach in a position to succeed. Um, lastly, lastly, verse 6 tells us to seize every opportunity for productive living. Those were the keys to a productive life. Verse 6 says this, um, Sow your seed in the morning, and at the evening let your hands not be idle, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally. Give yourself every chance for success. Don't limit yourself by laziness or procrastination. Live the results in the end of God. Um, do you know most of us deals with stress that we have no business dealing with? Um, let, 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 tell the truth from the devil. 
Um, my mother was very, very sick um, at a certain time early on, and she was having a surgery. I shared this with you before. And I began so worried, and I worried, and I worried about what would happen if it would be successful. And I remember that uh, um, the, the Reverend Wright Bishop Clevens said to me, have you ever read Matthew 6, 25 to 34? I said, yeah, 33 is my favorite verse. He said, read it again. I couldn't sleep. You know, I couldn't sleep. I was so worried. My hair started falling off. Like that, that time it was prematurely. Now it's for real, for real. That's a joke. That, 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 that was for McKinsey. That's a joke. Um, and I went and I read it again. You know what it says? Don't you worry about a thing. Every little thing's going to be all right. That's what it says. But Marley said the same thing too, right? Don't you worry about a thing. Every little thing's going to be all right. It says, it says this. Why do you worry about tomorrow? What, what, what do you know about tomorrow? It says, it says, look at the birds. They, 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 don't, they don't sow, they don't plant, but yet they eat. The grass, they come up, and at the end of the day, they die, but they don't care. It says this, pagans worry about tomorrow because God controls tomorrow. It says this, all you got to do is put God first, and everything else will be given unto you. In other words, don't you worry about a thing. Seize every opportunity for producing, for productive living. Don't limit yourself by laziness or procrastination. Trust God. Sow your seed in the morning. And you have to think of this. Think of this in the context of witnessing. You want to witness by your life. Great, do it. But don't neglect, don't neglect speaking up at your job. Don't neglect confront evil for what it is. Don't feel but know. You may not be a big preacher on the streets. Okay. But you can tell somebody what Jesus has done for you. How can you sow your seed in the morning and in the evening, all day long, every day, through all the season of life? Whether you're a teenager or retired or a parent, just tell people about Jesus. Just do it. Someone said, well, I don't, I'm not a, I, I, I'm not, I don't know all the Bible verse. Okay, neither do I. I don't know all the Bible verse. But I know what Jesus has done for me. So be productive with your life. What you do, speak of who you believe in. Let me say that again. This was for free. What you do speaks of who you believe in. The way you conduct yourself, the way you live your life in school, the way you live your life at work, the way you live your life at home, speaks of who God is in your life. Okay, um, let me give you the second part of the sermon. And I'm done. Remember, keys to a productive life, an enjoyable life. 
So we see productive life. Now let's see how to enjoy life. I know you guys be happy about this. Um, first, first part, appreciate every day you're alive. Now I know I don't, I, don't have to, I don't have to do much work on that one. Your social media tells you appreciate your life. Even the Haitian on WhatsApp, even the old folks on WhatsApp. You, you, you appreciate your life. Watch what it says. It says this in verse 7. Light is sweet, and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. You can't see the sun from the inside. Get out. Connection between light and sun and life in the scripture are something that to be, to, to be missed. Whenever you see light, sun, that's life. Light. Enjoyment does not come from our possession, but from our attitude and our ability to appreciate God and his good gifts. In other words, when you wake up in the morning, you get outside, take it all in. At my job, I do take a mental health walk every once in a while. God bless you. I take a mental health walk. I go outside and I let the sun get on my Nubian skin. And be blessed. In other words, enjoy the fact that at this very moment, you are still breathing. Enjoy at this very moment, you still got a J-O-B. Enjoy that at this very moment, that the people near and dear to you, they're still here. Enjoy at this very moment that whatever God may have taken away from you, it was because for your own good. I met a young lady the other day who said to me, um, Pastor, I'm not ready to be married yet. I said, I'm a pastor. That's what I do. I marry people. She, she, she said, I just got out of a bad relationship. But I know it wasn't, I just got out of a relationship. Um, I'm hurt, but I know I needed to get out of it. I said, now you're preaching. You're preaching because for you to appreciate every day that you're alive, it means that you cannot carry that weight with you everywhere you go. Ain't no relationship with light and darkness. Ain't no relationship with life and death. If you are alive and you are to appreciate that, then guess what? You better have people around you who are alive, who feel alive, who look alive, who be alive. Got to enjoy that. Um, now, appreciate every day you're alive. The verse 7, verse 8. Prepare for your death. You know how you prepare for your death? By counting your blessing one by one. Counting your blessing one by one each day. Verse 8. However many years you may live, let them, let them enjoy them all. But let them remember the days of darkness, for there will be many. 
Everything to come is meaningless. You are not ready to live until you are ready to die. Death is coming. Um, I said this typically when I preach funerals, but I want you to know this. The moment that your parents conceived you, you are racing towards your expiration date. Now, nobody knows when our expiration date is. But the moment you were conceived, but you, 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 you know, when a kid comes out of their parents' womb, you know what they do? What do they do? They cry. You know what they're crying? They see their death already. They know how hard life's going to be. They, yeah! Because they are going from the comfort of the room to uh, now they are in a place where they can never go back do what used to be. That's what Jesus says to Nicodemus, right? For you to be born again, you must, you must be born again. And Nicodemus says, how can I be born again? Does that mean I have to go back to my mother's womb? You can't. I wish I can. Don't you wish you? Especially those of you who wish you, you want to be grown so quick and then now you got bills all over the place. Oh. Can I get a witness up in here? Yes. You, got all, you got all them bills. You're like, man, I wish I was five again. I wish I was just a baby nursing again. But now, you know, come what may, the first mortgage is due. Come what may, the car insurance is due. Come what may, it's like, and, and look, I, when you're done this month, only a few days again, next month, right there. I, 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 was, just, I was just in my car earlier today, and I'm like, it's January 22nd. You know what that means? The month of January is over. That means oh, not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday, two Wednesday from now, February 1st. It seems as if we are racing towards the end. But can I tell you something? You need to be prepared for the end. But... The preparation comes only when you start living for now. Enjoy life. Not foolishness. Enjoy life. Enjoy the rice and the beans. Enjoy the chicken. Enjoy exercising. Enjoy making friends. Enjoy getting to the new people. Enjoy going other places. But guess what? Enjoy living for God. Enjoy it. Verse 9 tells us this, pursue our dreams. In other words, verse 9, take advantage of every season of life, yet balancing with, a ba with, balancing, with balance guarding against indulgence. Watch this. It says to, in verse 9, let me read this from this version. Rejoice, young men, during your childhood. And let your heart be pleasant during the days of your young manhood. And follow the impulses of your heart and the desires of your eyes. Yet, there's a yet there. Know that God will bring you to judgment for all these things. Um, there are certain things you can only do when you're young. Trust me. 
I, I remember when, when, when PJ was born. My wife and I, prior to PJ being born, every time there was a four-day weekend, <laughs> holler, we were out and about. I, we were, woo-hoo, we were somewhere. And then the, the, the young Perry Jeremiah, my son, in whom I am well pleased, was born. And I remember we had a living thing that depended upon us. And I remember, like, I remember, like, he was born in September, when the next holiday, I'm like, we're going to go somewhere. And my wife says, like, well, what about PJ? I'm like, oh, man. But, but, but see, the thing is this, at that moment, I was no longer a young adult who was just living carefree. I now was a father who had a son with whatever that I did, whatever that I would do, um, would impact him. So while you are young, pursue your dreams. That PhD you want to get, get it now. Trust me, trying to get a doctor when you're old, it hurts. You got to sleep over study. Children over homework. Trust me, I'm living it. But while you were young, pursue your dreams. Don't be foolish by indulging in things that are against God's word. The desires of your heart are to be stemmed from your relationship with God. If you know God, you will not desire something that is against his will or his word. Psalm 39, 4 and 5 says this, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. The New Living Translation says this like this, remind that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the uh, of the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you, but at best, each of us is but a breath. Lastly, practice contentment. Practice contentment. Try to m- mitigate emotional and physical distractions. You have to try to mitigate emotional and physical distraction. Um, let, let, me speak, let me speak to you real quick. There are some of you who are, who are um, some of you are holding things, grudges, um, hatred in your hearts. Some of you are just mad. Things haven't fallen your way. Uh, can I tell you something? Enjoy what you have now. Don't focus or don't be angry at what 
you don't have or have yet acquired. Um, I close, let me close with, with this. Um, there was a, a rich guy that was traveling and as he was traveling, he stopped and went for a walk, went for a walk on the beach. And while he got there, he saw a fisherman that seems to be sitting lazily behind his boat. And the rich man says to the fisherman, why aren't you out there fishing? The guy said, well, because I have caught enough fish for today. The rich man says, why don't, you catch, why, don't you, why don't you catch more fish than you need? The fisherman says, what would I do with them? The rich man says, you could earn more money and buy better boat so you could go deeper and catch more fish. You could purchase more nylon nets, catch even more fish and make more money. Soon, you'd have a fleet of boats and be rich like me. The fisherman reply, then what would I do? What would I, why would I do that? And the guy, the, the rich man says, you could sit down and enjoy life. And the fisherman reply, what do you think I'm doing right now? I know that was funny, you laugh. But the reality of it is this, if you are a child of God, you've given your life to God, you have Jesus in your life, and you are maximizing everything God has given you while you find a way to enjoy everyday life, you are the rich guy who's sitting there and have time to smell the roses. You say, Pastor Perry, how do I apply this? I'm glad you asked. I'm done. Um, see? Done. And Christ alone. Jesus is life. And in him, there is joy exceedingly and abundantly. I'm a Baptist preacher. I cannot preach it without preaching Jesus. Um, if you don't have Jesus, you got no joy. But when you have Jesus, you may have troubles, but that doesn't mean you don't have joy. When you have Jesus, you may have uneasiness, but that doesn't mean you don't have joy. Because to be with Jesus is to be in the presence of the one who is able to present you with great joy before the Father. To know Jesus is to know joy. To, to live for him is to live with joy. Work hard, but enjoy life. Work hard and enjoy life. Because God has blessed you with everything that you need for you to succeed, and for you to enjoy life. God bless you.